0: If you have your Bibles, you could turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 9. As I mentioned, just uh, really being used by God is something I I know uh, we're called to. Uh, It's something I know that for me, and I hope for you, is a desire that comes from the Holy Spirit as we uh, accept Christ into our hearts to be used by him, and and I know that his desire is to use us in in a way that um, takes us in in our individual uh, characteristics and personalities, the giftings that he's given us uh, to use um, really in in an unreserved and uninhibited way. And I was kind of thinking today, uh, you know, about something that, that me and my family love to do. One of our favorite things to do from time to time is, you know, to pull out or, or to pull up, you know, old photos and videos of when the kids were young and little. Anybody else like to do that? It's one of our favorite things to do. You know, I m- remember finding out that we were pregnant with my first uh, born son, Wesley, 12 years ago. Uh, I went to Best Buy I could barely afford it, but I bought a video camera because I, I knew I would regret not capturing some of these special moments, you know, not just, uh, you know, for being a papa, but, you know, for, for my son. And, um, you know, we started recording and, and getting all of these things and and uh, capturing those special moments because I know we'd love to, to look back at them. And we do love looking at those funny videos. Some of my favorite footage that we have is when, like, I set up the camera because I noticed that, that my boys were, were just in a, in a state of, uh, you know, playing around, dancing or, or singing, but, but just in a state of, of comfort, you know, acting in, in, without inhibition, um, or reservation and just kind of going off whatever they were doing. And, and, uh, it was, it was just so fun. I have some, um, some, some footage that I'm gonna show you the best of, of these funny moments, um, here. Uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm, so, <laughs> I, I'm saving those for your wedding. I'm, um, I'm gonna show those later. But, uh, it is, some of my favorite, watching them just kind of do whatever they were doing without any reservation, just freedom is, is really how I would describe it. And, you know, the state of freedom is something that I want to talk about tonight that I, I saw in my boys that that I really believe is the same desire that God has watching us in in terms of using our gifts to serve him. In, a, in that way of freedom without reservation, because God has called us, yes, it's true, into a life of freedom in Christ with a great purpose that we would then, in response to what he's done, serve him in that way. Paul reminds us, uh, not only did God create us, but uh, there in Ephesians 2.10, that we are his workmanship, created for good works, which God had prepared beforehand, and even more specifically, we see in 1 Peter 2.5 that uh, we're likened to these living stones which are built up upon each other as a spiritual house or this monument acting as a holy priesthood. We are called to, to bring these offerings, these spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable before God through Christ Jesus. Amen. We have a great purpose as believers to serve. Some of you might be thinking you know where this is going and that I'm going to pass around a clipboard to sign up for children's ministry. And And if that's you, then maybe you need to sign up for children's ministry because the Lord's putting it on your heart that way. But this is not where this is headed at all. But instead, just talking about this experience of service that is meant to be un, unhindered. My prayer is tonight we would just be encouraged to utilize the giftings without reservation. But I know that the enemy, because I've experienced it myself, the enemy, by means of, of deceit and even condemnation, really, in terms of that freedom, wants to stunt and wants to stop us from being effective servants for Christ, wants to stifle that freedom which can bring God much glory in doing what he's called us to do. And we often need these reminders, this great truth that by the blood of Jesus Christ and only by the blood are we free and unhindered to serve God. And that's what's going to bring us to this text here in Hebrews 9. Um, If you haven't turned there, you can follow along or just listen. But the author of this book in this section is continuing at his look at the Old Testament. As, and this, this picture of the old sacrificial system to which he would describe was only a shadow, was only a shadow of these good things to come. And in verse 1, the author writes, then indeed, even as the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary, for a tabernacle was prepared the first part in which was the lampstand the table and the showbread which is called the sanctuary and behind the second veil the part of the tabernacle which is called the holiest of all which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid on all sides with gold in which were the 12 in which were the golden pot that had the manna Aaron's rod that budded and the tablets of the covenant. And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot speak in detail. Verse 6 Now, when these things had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services. But, verse 7, into the second part the high priest went only once a year not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins, committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to conscience, concerned only with food and drinks and various washings and fleshly ordinances imposed until the time of reformation. So stop right there. This, this, again, is this picture summarizing this earthly sanctuary, the tabernacle, and the practices that were set up by God for the sole purpose of that temporary purification by the shedding of blood. Temporary purification through the shedding of the blood. And and so he, he talks about this tabernacle, which was this tent that would be erected as the children of Israel kind of moved throughout the desert, as they wandered throughout the desert. And this tent would be set up, and the tent was divided into two rooms, divided by this giant, large, and thick Curtain, and this author describes it in this first room, we find these elements, this lampstand and the table of showbread and and the priest would would often go into this room to practice their duties to to make sure this lampstand was regularly filled with oil, so that it would burn brightly, constantly, and they would also replace the showbread there on the table. But in that second room, we're told this place was known as the most holy place is where the censer was uh, that would be burning incense when the priest would enter, but, but also it would have the Ark of the Covenant. That's where the Ark lived. And this Ark was this you know really this ornate piece of furniture really a box to be exact that was that was covered and wrapped in gold and its lid was known as the mercy seat it was it was decorated with this these cherubim or these angels that would that would spread their wings over this lid and this is where god promised to to meet his people this is where he promised to speak to them on this ark of testimony. And inside that box, inside that box were, were these pieces of manna that represented when, uh, you know, God provided for his people when they were hungry, when they wandered in the desert. And this manna was given to them as this edible substance, uh, to, uh, to, to provide, um, for the, God provided for the children. And then also there was this rod of Aaron, his staff, which we're told that it had blossomed and budded, which signified God's choice of Aaron to be the high priest. And also we're told the Ten Commandments were in there, given to Moses by God. But but it was in this second room, in the, the Holy of Holies, we just read where the priests were allowed to go only one day a year on that day of atonement, entering into the presence of God to offer this sacrifice for himself and for the people. And we know that 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 wasn't an exciting moment for the people of God, for especially the, the priest, and, and uh, I know that you guys were so excited to come here tonight, to be here. Every time you come to church, you're so excited to meet with Jesus. I know you guys are. But this wasn't always the way it was back then. Because on that day when, when they were able to enter into that second room, into that most holy place, what well, was the most reverent and almost fearful moment for the people for you see, they were only allowed in there because it was on that one day that God allowed them to come in to offer their sacrifice. If they were to, to go into the presence of God uh, you know, un- in an unworthy manner, well, they would have died. And And even so, on that one day, there was much fear in the heart of the people and especially the priest that was, the high priest that would enter into that room because he was human flesh and blood faulty just like you and I and he was probably hoping and praying that he was entering into that most holy place to practice what God had commanded in a in a worthy manner so that he would able to enter and exit and live so much so that that we're told that there would be like bells on his garments so that those on the other side of that thick curtain they could they could hear those those bells and know that he's still alive and they also tied a rope to his ankle because if they didn't hear the bells instead they heard like a thump they would be like uh-oh you know i, I don't know what happened to to homeboy but we better pull him out and so they would kind of just you know drag him out and find somebody else who's next on the list it was, a, it was a most frightening moment. It was no joke. Very scary and fearful ordeal because the author of Hebrews explains that, that, that they had to be brought forward for the remission of, of, of sins in a temporary manner, but, but we're also told that it would never be good enough these offerings and these sacrifices the blood that was shed was only for a temporary covering and he said that they they could not make him who performed the service perfect and therefore they would have to be repeated over and over and over again and and that is the summary that this author gives of this sacrificial system, a part uh, of the old covenant under the law of God that he describes was only a shadow of the good things to come. And what are those good things to come? Well, it's this new covenant that you and I are under today where God has written his law not on tablets of stone like he had given to Moses and that resided in that that box in the Ark of Testimony. But instead, he's written his law now on our hearts. This new covenant where we are now free to serve him without fear, without reservation, just as we're going to see as we continue. Verse 11, he writes, how is this possible? But Christ, he came as a high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Verse 12, not of the blood of goats and calves, but instead with his own blood, he entered the most holy place. Not over and over again, but once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Amen. Verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Amen. That's the new covenant. But Christ changed everything because he came now as a high priest to not practice the system over and over again, but once and for all do away with that system because that system was set up to teach us that we were in need of a savior, that we couldn't meet the law that was the standard. And where before it was a fearful experience to come before God and to serve him in that old system because it relied completely on the faithfulness of God's people to follow those practices, follow that pattern that he had commanded to Him. Man, this was all in part, again, to show us that we could never fully follow it to perfection because unfortunately it was only a matter of when the law would be broken again. But God, by the sacrifice of Jesus, has made an everlasting atonement. And I love that story of when he died on the cross, that giant curtain in the temple that separated that that holy place, that forbidden place, it was destroyed. It was torn in two from top to bottom. And even later, some think the symbol of the temple being completely destroyed even was an exclamation point. No longer do you have to follow through these practices and this ritual because of Christ. But instead, it was a resounding message that God gave his people that simply said, come, come, come as you are by the blood of Jesus Christ, come boldly into the presence of God that you may obtain mercy, that you may find grace and help in time of need. And oh, how I run into the presence of God. Daily do I find myself there obtaining that help, obtaining that grace, obtaining that mercy. Thank you, Jesus. You see, inside the ark, again, looking at that picture, you know it 's interesting that those elements that that rested there inside the ark had a common thread to them. They all represented the failure of man that that manna that was in that jar, you know it represented that yes, God had said, uh, yes, I will provide." Your sustenance, I will meet all of your needs. I'm going to give you this manna and every morning I'll be faithful to provide it. And you just wake up and gather it up and, and it'll meet all of your needs. But on that one day, I don't want you on the seventh day. I don't want you going out and collecting manna. I want you just resting. So on that sixth day, collect enough to, to provide you, you know, that extra day. But that's, that's the deal but did the children follow those rules no they didn't and, and that the rod of aaron the staff of aaron that was in the ark represented when when the children of israel started questioning god's authority his choice for their high priest and their representative and, and there was a huge rebellion and outcry so much so the Lord said, all right, I want you to take Aaron's staff and take a couple other people's staffs and, and put them in the, the temple, in the tabernacle. And, and the next morning when, when they showed up to look, they saw a difference. This, this piece of dead wood that was Aaron's rod began to not just blossom, but it, it bore fruit. It was, it was budding almonds, and it represented God saying, stop this rebellion. Submit to the authority, to my authority of my choice. And those pieces of stone that the law was written on, the Ten Commandments, Well, some even think that before Moses even brought down those Ten Commandments that they were already broken, all of them, by by the people waiting on the, the bottom of that mountain. All of these elements, that common thread was the failure of man. And you know what? There's many elements of my life that represent failures, my faults, and my frailties. But the beautiful thing is that those elements, just like those elements are covered by that mercy seat where the blood was sprinkled and covered those failures to purify the people. So too does Christ and his shed blood cover you and I so that we can be free from those failures. Those won't weigh us down. Those failures won't hold us back. That guilt should not keep us from saying, Lord, I'm here. Use me. It shouldn't keep us from thinking like I can't can't do that, Lord. I I can't say that. I can't walk in this way because I'm I failed. I'm disqualified. Well, the lord says because of what i've done it's not no longer is it up to your faithfulness but god says now it relies completely and solely on my faithfulness and friends is our god faithful amen he's always faithful always true no longer is it rest on our shoulders to practice this ritual but instead we just praise the Lord for what he has done because he is who he says he is. He will do all that he promises to do. And you know what? For you and I, this should be the most freeing news that we've ever heard or we've been reminded of. We should be free now to do and be all that Christ Jesus has created us to be to serve him without reservation. And I know that so many times there's this tug on my heart. Tug on my heart to to step up or step out because I feel like, man, that's something I, I would be excited to do. That's something I feel the Lord wants me to do. But then right after I feel that tug, quite often, there's another tug. It's pulling me back. That's my flesh allowing me to doubt myself and doubt these giftings God given me. It's the enemy trying to condemn me for those failures of the past or even failures of the future. But the Lord desires that you and I, we'd be reminded of this truth, that it would be what we use in combat of those lies and deceit of the enemy trying to remove us from serving the Lord in all the ways that he's called us to without reservation, that we would bear much fruit as the church in our service to God and his people because we remember it's not up to us, but Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. My sin had left this crimson stain but his blood has washed it, now white as snow. Friends, we can be free to serve, free to be used by God. Just like we see in, in children when they're kind of, especially with other kids, and they're just playing without reservation, experiencing the joy that is that moment. Lord, we, we too, we can find that experience in serving our God because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we do remember with great thanksgiving the gift of your Son. And we thank you, Lord, that this burden of of sin, Lord, has been removed in a, a, a way that is not temporary, but, Father, because of Jesus and because of the cross, Lord, we have this eternal atonement from those sins. Help us to never forget that. And I pray that as the enemy enters in to steal away and distracts, And hinder, Lord, you using your body. Each individual, Lord, that you've gifted in a very special way for a great purpose. Lord, I pray that you would remind us of that truth. That ministry doesn't depend on me. But Lord, it completely depends on you. And because you are faithful, Lord, I can have freedom now to do so with joy and confidence. Lord, with freedom and confidence that, Lord, we as the church would bear much fruit. Lord, we would bring you much glory. I pray for this family that you've assembled here at Vista. Lord, I pray for these people here tonight. Lord, that some of them needed to hear that. Lord, to remove whatever might have been into place to allow them to step out. Lord, I pray you'd continue to give them confidence. And I pray that you would pour out your spirit tonight. Lord, pour out your spirit to give us the wisdom we need on the next step. Lord, pour out your spirit to give us, Lord, maybe an awareness of those giftings. Lord, pour out your spirit tonight upon your people that we would even exercise those giftings tonight as we've set aside tonight to minister for you, Lord, to minister to us through your people by the power of your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. You know, I couldn't think of a better lead-in for us to celebrate this great victory of our Lord by celebrating in communion. And in celebrating communion, remembering the, the broken body and the blood that was shed. And just like, just like those, those two on the road to Emmaus, and that we would see and celebrate the Lord in those, those elements, that broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. Our eyes would be maybe opened tonight and be encouraged tonight. And so the elements are back there on the table. And there's also gonna be some, some guys and gals back there if you need prayer for anything. This is the opportunity to receive prayer, to be anointed if you are sick, if you are weak. And for the rest of us, let's just worship the Lord and respond to this amazing truth about our Father and His sacrifice and now making the way for you and I to come boldly into His throne room of grace. Amen? Let's do that.